Hi. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Anchor FM. Anchor FM? What is that? Anchor FM is a podcasting platform. Anchor FM lets you record, edit, and distribute your podcast. It's used by some of the most popular podcasts that you listen to and many that you don't. Here at Bloodfest the Podcast, we use Anchor FM to distribute our podcast. When we upload our episode into their app, they immediately make it available via an RSS feed on on Spotify, as well as several other podcast platforms. With a little extra work, you can take that RSS feed and send it on to any podcast platform you like, or send people the RSS feed link directly. Put it on your website. Put it in your email. Carry it in your shoe. Get lost in the snow with it. Anchor FM. It's the greatest way to make your podcast. If you want to make a podcast, download the Anchor FM app or get out there on the internet and go to anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. Download that app at whatever podcast or whatever app store you like or go to www.anchor.fm. Hello and welcome to Bloodfest the Podcast, your podcast about cult, horror, grindhouse, sleaze, and very, very weird movies. I'm one of your hosts, Nate, the guy who's got too much blood around here. I'm joined in studio by my good friend Joey. Whose axe is that again? Joining us remote via satellite is Casey, the collector. And joining us from the far, far away land of Kansas City, we have Josh, the man with two livers. So tonight, we're going to change things up a little bit. If you heard our last episode, you might have thought we took things a little too dark. So this time, we're going to lighten the mood. We're going to lighten it by ending the show with a great horror comedy called Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. But first we're going to dive into some real depravity. St. Bartholomew was one of the apostles. After the ascension, he set out on a quest to convert people to Christianity. Somehow he ended up in Armenia, where he supposedly managed to convert the king. Doing so made him very unpopular. In return, the locals, according to Christian lore, which is probably apocryphal, flayed him alive. They stripped the skin from his flesh while he writhed and screamed. If you Google St. Bartholomew these days, you'll find a famous statue of him looking very much like Frank from Hellraiser, all sausage-bodied and skinless, draping what's left of his flesh around his shoulders like a cape or something. Like I say, it's pretty fucking metal, really. I mean, probably the best religious iconography you're likely to see. It's like a Slayer or Cannibal Corpse album cover. I mean, really, if, if... the uh, Pope put up paintings like this all the time, I think they'd convert way more kids to the religion. So the question is, what does any of this have to do with horror films? What has something to do with a very specific horror film, and that's a French film called Martyrs. The word martyr is often taken to mean one who dies for a cause, but that isn't really right. It actually is one who's tormented or suffers agony and reaches enlightenment. And that's what the story of St. Bartholomew is meant to teach us. His apotheosis comes at the, at the moment of greatest suffering, and 
That's what the title of the French extremity film Martyrs means too. So before I say more, I want to throw this over to my friend Casey, who has, let's say, a unique take on the film. Casey, how much did you love Martyrs? It was just okay. And I definitely did not have... I didn't have such a depth of... I just didn't get that much out of it like you seem to have. I didn't see see it as anything more than... Um, it's just more of a, a torture porn film, if you will. Um, kind of like uh, Hostel, but with uh, zero entertainment value. Um, I will say that the gore throughout the film was incredible. Uh, and I did like the first maybe half of the film... Um, but then there was this, uh, a part in there where some other people are introduced. And then f- from there on, I think the, the, the film just went to shit. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an okay movie. I just didn't think it was nearly as good as I've heard. Because uh, I have seen it on a lot of top horror film lists uh, over the years. But, uh, but yeah, I just didn't, I didn't care for it too much. It was just okay. So... So part of what I like about it, and I want to get all four of you guys to, to think about this and talk about this with me, is that it's it takes not just one unexpected turn, but actually several. We, we open with Lucy escaping from her captors, and we don't know much about that. We get a very interesting way to do the exposition dump with that like 16 millimeter documentary footage going on. Um, so we, we find out kind of as much as we know about what happened to her. We, we meet her friend, Anna, we skip 16 years ahead. And at this point, I personally, on my first viewing, I was expecting kind of a standard revenge trope from there. We'd spend some time with her in a bad place. And then she'd start to figure out where the captors were and she'd go and we'd spend time with her hunting them down and taking her revenge. But really, it's just perfunctory. We meet the Belfons, she walks through the door and shotguns the fuck out of them. And that should be like the end of a revenge movie, but we're, what, 10, 12 minutes in, maybe? Um, then Anna shows up, and the movie becomes something else. Um, Lucy's death completely changes where we are, and then it feels like what the movie's about, the real movie, starts when the cult members, for lack of a better word, show up and take Anna into the torture room. Did, did you guys not find that interesting or engaging? Josh? I I got into this movie because the um, I, I saw some sort of thing on YouTube where it's like, these are the you know top uh, shocking scenes in any movie. And of course, you know, I don't care about spoilers, so I just did it. And it was the kitchen scene. And it was just, you know... I was like, okay, I got to watch this movie because, you know, there was just, you know, this bloodbath. And I was like, jumped right into this movie, you know, and we get that scene 10 minutes into the movie. So that was pretty much all I knew about it. I didn't look up any trailers. I didn't look up any, like, you know, uh, summaries or anything like that. So it's, it's trucking along and then Anna shows up and we're, you know, getting right into this and it's just going along and then boom, the cult members show up, and like, kind of like Casey said, it just kind of shut down for me. Like, after a while, I get the storyline, and they, they start explaining, kind of like how you introed it with, and that was 
kind of a cool story, but I just didn't need the half hour of punch her in the face and then leaving and then coming back and doing it again. It just got redundant and boring to me. But it ended on a good note. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's got... <laughs> It, it's got it, it ends in a nice place it's kind of a kind of a feel-good ending don't you think joey well wait joey hold on before you say anything i know we're all waiting to find out did you watch the movie this time actually yes i did outstanding so what what did you think i thought that the beginning was a little lacking i would have liked more backstory about the torture and what they did to her Wow, there wasn't enough torture in this film for you? <laughs> I, I would have liked, I liked okay. to know more of the backstory, like what was the purpose of it, what was, you know, kind of torture was going on. So I, I, I felt it was a little lacking. See, I think we, can't we but, infer what was happening to Lucy by what we see happen to, to Anna? I mean, up to the skinning, which obviously didn't happen to Lucy, but can't we assume it was basically the same process we can assume but i would rather see it that's kind of <laughs> sick okay marky desaad over there <laughs> but you know i i was kind of surprised that you know that even once anna found out what lucy had done to the family and shot him dead you know it seemed like she was going to freak out and run off but ends up sticking around continuing to support lucy Pretty much up until the end. Okay. So here's here's something I I'm curious to see if you guys had the same take I had. So we meet the Belfons, the family, kind of cold, and we spend a little bit of time with them, kind of an introductory thing, and they seem like a very normal upper middle class kind of family. Um, and then Lucy shows up and kills the hell out of them really fast. So I felt like, I definitely I felt like Anna thinks there's a very good chance these are the wrong people. And I felt like on my first viewing, maybe these are the wrong people. Maybe Lucy is so disconnected with reality that she just fixated on a face she saw and decided that that was it. Of course, we find out that that's not the case. But did you guys feel like the movie was leading you that way, at least for a little bit? There was kind of a point because you, you could tell that there was some doubt on Anna's end where she kind of wasn't believing what Lucy was saying. And there are several moments when there, the monster was referred to, so it kind of just made me start believing, well, maybe this is all, you know, made up in our, Lucy's head and maybe that this is a psychological, a mental disorder, maybe like multiple personalities, kind of like you get into with that... What was that other movie with John Cusack? Uh, Identity? Identity. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. <clears throat> kind of. Yeah. I thought maybe it was going on that same path as Identity. So that that was kind of... There were moments when I was thinking that was the path we were on. Yeah. But then you could tell, it was like, especially as you got towards the end when she, you know, they that secret room was discovered that Anna was like, oh, shit what is this she's you know telling the truth i mean here's a torture room that had this other little girl in it so that was kind of the moment that sealed the deal that well the, this obviously isn't something lucy's making up and it's not like 
on the path of like what we saw in identity. Well, Casey, what what do you think? Were were you on the edge about whether the the Belfons were really the the torturers? I, no, I don't. I, I thought that they were they were the torturers, but I could definitely tell that Anna did not, especially because you got that whole scene where Anna is trying to help the mom when she discovers she's not actually dead, escape. Oh yeah, yeah. Josh, you? Yeah, it definitely. Um, for me, it 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 was kind of took me by surprise. Like, I mean, you. They, they, they kind of lead you in that direction, especially when we find out that there isn't actually anything after Lucy um, in, in terms of like it ends up being psychological. It's like how much is psychological? And they kind of they kind of lead you on that path until she finds the room and it's like, oh, yeah, of course. So it's to me, it's just I let it take me that way. I could have been, you know, right on the, the, the side of Lucy the entire time. But I was like, let's see what this movie's going to do. So, have you guys all seen Saint Maud? I have not. Yeah, yeah have I've not. seen it. Okay, okay. So, uh, possible slight oblique spoilers for Saint Maud for people who haven't seen it. Um, I couldn't help drawing some parallels because both films are about religious fervor um, and what religious fervor can do to someone. In the course of Saint Maud, um, it's about how her religious fervor causes her to lose touch with reality and the case of martyrs it's about what the religious zealots do to someone else but I, I couldn't help drawing a comparison between the endings between lucy's apotheosis for lack of a better word and mods and thinking that this is this is saint mod but against her will did it, anyone else see any connection like that I didn't. I didn't see it, uh, but but I mean, now that you mention it, yeah, that that makes sense, and that does kind of. Um, they do sound very similar, uh, so yeah, I would agree with that. So, Casey, uh, other you you said the gore was good. Other than yeah. that, was there anything yeah, else the, you liked? The gore was good. I and I really loved the the revenge because I mean she she i i, I kind of felt bad i mean i really felt bad for the kids when she oh yeah, she, yeah. i mean that they didn't i don't think that they had anything to do with it as far as i remember i know the daughter didn't but the son i wasn't quite sure because she's you know asked if he knew anything about it and he said no but he hesitated mm -hmm. um but uh that whole scene was was awesome that was my favorite part of the movie Oh yeah, um, when he opens up that door and she just blasts him. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. yeah. yeah I, that was totally on it. I honestly yeah. did not expect that. Like, yeah, yeah, just absolutely was... blew me away the way she blew him away. Yeah, oh, like, God. when they when they <laughs> when they went to that family, it's like, well, what is this family? Who is this family? What is the connection between that family and what's going on? And then when um, that happened, it was like, holy shit. Yeah, but then when they introduced the the cult and um, like. Josh had mentioned they started um, just beating her repeatedly and then force feeding her that goop and it was just like every other scene was that over and over and over for I don't know maybe it seemed like half an hour like near the last half hour of the film that's where I got tired of it I was just ready for it to end so it, it, too unrelenting yes yeah and I think yeah. that that's probably what they meant to, mm -hmm. to do they, they, they tried to make it feel like you're going through what she's going through so that's probably why they filmed it that way, but I didn't. I I didn't like it. They kind of lost me there. 
So, Josh, anything you you really liked about it? Any what what did you really hate about it? Uh, just just the like Casey mentioned already the the unrelenting torture towards the end. I mean, I I don't have a problem. I like hostile. I like saw. I mean, I don't have a problem with that kind of thing. But it's just it was just repetitive, and you just you you knew there was a reason for it at this point. They'd already explained why they were doing it, but it's like just stop <laughs> and then and then when they finally just took her in the back and and skinned her then you knew it was over so it was it, you can't really do much more after that yeah that that whole skinning thing that oh that was just cringy yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, it was it, very like, hard to watch it, yeah it's like i i couldn't even imagine having that happen like oh yeah and you could tell too that she was in pain obviously mm-hmm. but she had already been through so much it seemed like she wasn't in near as much pain as she should have been. Mm-hmm. Like she was just Shocked. accepting her fate. Yeah, she's happening. like, well, yeah, she's just like, this is my life just, now. So. Just yeah. giving in to it. So here's here's my question. So the the climax is they believe that she has been martyred and that she has seen beyond death. Um is, is that really what happened, or is she hallucinating and disassociating? from the agony and from her mind being broken is she is she just describing to them something her brain and extremists is making up or or is she really seeing beyond death i just kind of think my 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 theory is is you know you're going through that kind of trauma who who the hell knows what kind of chemical your brain's releasing to just kind of try and curb that experience and that that could spiral spiral you into a hallucination, and just who knows what other psychological just adventure, so to speak, that you go on. So I don't really know on that, Josh. Yeah. I think it worked. I think that she saw it, and then whatever she um, relayed back to her was so intense that she couldn't handle it so the, the the person that put her in this position ended up ending her life because she couldn't handle what she saw and that's how we end it and to me i mean that was probably the only saving grace of the whole thing was that you know she made it to wherever she was supposed to go casey what do you think yeah i agree because of the the woman um what was it mademoiselle so they yeah. called her uh yeah. killing herself i do think that she saw something that just basically freaked her out when she explained what she saw. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think she kind of saw beyond death and, and whatever it was just completely uh, blew Mademoiselle's mind and made yeah. her decide it wasn't worth continuing to live. Some, something incomprehensibly horrible. Yeah, exactly. Or at least something that would be incomprehensibly horrible to her. Maybe there is no God. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Very possible. So this this movie is considered one of the the greats of what's called the new French extremity. Um, And for anybody who doesn't know what that is, I think the easiest way is to give you this quote from an article from movie. Um, The new French extremity is, quote, a crossover between sexual decadence, bestial violence and troubling psychosis. So some some of the other movies that have been uh, touted highly Frontiers, which I have not seen. High Tension, which I give a big thumbs up to. Yep. Trouble Every Day, which I have not seen. Raw and Titan, both of which I'm a big backer of. So, have you guys seen any of the other new French extremity movies? I Basically. haven't. And to be honest, I, I'm just not a big 
foreign film guy myself, so I probably will not have much to say on that, so I want to step out for a second. Okay. <laughs> Casey? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen uh, High Tension um, multiple times. Um, my wife and I watched it years ago, I think when it first came out, and, and really enjoyed it. And both her and I have watched it a couple times, and I've watched it a couple more times. And yeah, that that movie is just incredible. Uh, the other one, I haven't seen any of the other ones, but I do want to see Raw. Uh, that's one I that looks very interesting to me, and I, I definitely want to check that out. Raw, in my opinion, is an outstanding film. It is not as unrelentingly depressing as this, but it's uh, it's somewhat extreme. It is, but it's a lot of fun. Josh, how about you? I've heard of High Tension, but I haven't seen it. I haven't heard of any of the other ones. You haven't heard of Raw? Uh-uh. But it's a cannibalism film. I mean, is that, that should... supposed to... Yes, you should, be, you, should, <laughs> you should be naturally aware of all cannibalism movies. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Titan is a severely, severely fucked up kind of body horror Cronenberg-esque thing. So... Oh yeah, I, I've heard of that one now. Actually, yeah. that, that, that you explain that. Um, yeah, uh, Julianne Ducourneau, I believe she's the same same writer director as Raw. That that was her follow up to it. I'm told that Frontiers is really good, but I have not gotten around to to tracking it down yet. So, what was everybody's? Uh, what was the funniest moment in Martyrs, Josh? Uh, the kitchen scene. Yeah, when they're all sitting yeah, there and they just get blown away. Yeah, I laugh yeah, my yeah. ass off. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say here. So I uh, on on the scale of one to five, I give this this film a strong four. I really do. Um, I was I was moved by it. Josh, how would you rate it? Oh, I don't know. From one to E, I think I give it an apple. <laughs> Joey it, it, it was a good movie the the, the kills were great uh, but do, is it something I would watch again probably not I, I would give it 3.7 3.7 is this out of 5 yeah out of 5 okay yeah, I do like the five scale much better than the ten scale. Yeah, it, and it's just because it is a foreign film. It's not something that I tend to watch. But since I failed my assignment last time, <laughs> I, I took the dive and did it. But yeah, definitely not something I'd watch again. But the kill scenes were great. It had cringeworthy moments. And admittedly, those were awesome. And honestly, uh, the the actresses that played Lucy and Anna, both both very very good. Oh yeah, the, mm -hmm. the, I I don't know who any of those actresses were, but they they did a really. They're good They're from job. France, which is a uh, country in Europe, and <laughs> I thought that was in Canada. <laughs> Casey, what's your rating? Um, I would give it a three out of five because a, a, a three to me is good. I'm like, it's not great, but it's, you know, it's good. I, I really just think if, if like the first half of the movie, I would probably give it a four. But then once the, the cult shows up, I just didn't care for any of that stuff afterwards. But um, minus the, I mean, the ending was really cool, but um, all that in between there, I didn't care for. 
So yeah, I'd say it's it's a good movie. It's it's worth watching. It's a it 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 is a hard watch. It really is. But I I that I think that's the intent. You're you're not yeah. supposed to be. You're not supposed to be enjoying it, and it keeps you it keeps you a little off balance. The way it kind of shifts gears and takes some unexpected turns. It's not a standard three act structure. It's I actually I was trying to break it down in my head earlier. And I think it's more of a five-act structure, like a, a traditional drama structure. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, I see that. Because yeah, there is a lot of, definitely a lot of twists and turns that you aren't, aren't really expecting. So. Okay. All right. Anybody else have any final thoughts on Martyrs before we move on? Uh, I would like to... Um... Yeah, just just kind of recommend if you don't go, if you think that Martyrs just isn't the way to go, and you kind of want a little bit lighter take on it, I would recommend the remake, um, just because to me it takes it takes the story in a different direction. Um, okay. It's not quite as unrelenting, not quite as as dreadful, but um, still has the same exact same half of first half, and okay. then it just and then they just rewrite it and do something different. Um, I kind of like that, uh, just the way that it's a different story though. So I'm not really going to compare the two. It's just that, um, I just enjoyed it a little bit more just because it was a different story, but, um, definitely, uh, Martyrs is worth checking out if you're into that kind of, you know, uh, shock and awe and, and, and twists and turns, like you mentioned, um, definitely check out, uh, Martyrs, um, once I don't recommend it again, but <laughs> See, I, I watched yeah, it twice, and, and I'm probably going to see it a third time at some point. And keep in mind, if anybody listening is wondering, well, when did the original come out? Because, you know, a lot of remakes are based on movies that came out in the 70s or 80s. I, I think the original actually came out in 2008. Yeah, 2008. And then 2015 was when the remake yeah. came out. So if, if you're looking for the movie, don't be... Because when I was looking it up, I found one from like the 1979, and yeah, come to different. find out, th this was from 2008. You should have watched that was... one, Joey. Which one? The from 79. Yeah, I don't even yeah. think that was the same movie. Because I think no, I don't. There yeah. might have been a. Yeah, probably not the same movie. Definitely, probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like the Woodsman. All right, so <laughs> that's for another episode. <laughs> Well, we'll save that story for another episode, Josh. <laughs> so the the two versions of the Woodsman would make a wonderful double feature sometime. Yeah. You all get together. Uh, and... Yeah, that that would be a great comparison. <laughs> I haven't together, seen either, so I don't know what I'm missing. I can I tell you right now, the one I there's watched a, did not have Kevin Bacon. There's a very serious Bacon. drama with Kevin Bacon about a guy who was in prison for being a child molester and he's out, and he's trying to be reformed, but he's become friends with a with a young girl, and it's it's creepy, but it's dramatic, and it's a very well made, smart movie. And then there's the movie that Joey watched. That um, well, yeah. Joey. So you know, Josh is telling me about this movie called The Woodsman with Kevin Bacon. He highly recommended it. Said it was really, really, really excellent. So. I acquired The Woodsman to check it out and started watching it. And it was a very, very low-budget movie. And for, it, it started off in the woods, obviously. 
but when the queefing vagina came on screen, I was like, there's no way in hell Kevin Bacon is in this fucking movie. That's just not possible. I watched this goddamn movie for 30 fucking minutes before I, before I messaged Josh, and I'm like, what the hell? Are you sure Kevin Bacon is in this movie? Come to find out, same title, but completely different. Oh, yeah. There, if you look on IMDb, there's a lot of different movies called The Woodsman. This yeah. one was really is, bad. There is a ton of them. There's a bunch of shorts, but there's a ton of just movies called The Woodsman. Like 2004, 2012, 2016, another 2016. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, for 30 minutes, I just, I'm like, there's no way Kevin Bacon is that down the drain in his career he is in a movie like this and then when i'm describing this to josh he's like what the fuck are you watching and i was like i'm watching the woodsman oh josh we need to get a we need to get a copy of visitor q but put it in a case that says uh the sound of music and tell joey we're all gonna watch the sound of music and give him that <laughs> it's basically the same story. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, both have umbrellas. So And this listeners is the story it... of our lives. <laughs> okay, guys. So, since we we did a happy shiny time movie with martyrs, uh next we're going to probably depress everyone a little bit with a serious drama called Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Okay, the first thing I want to say is that from the looks of his shoes and pants, I think he was one of those college kids. We're going to talk about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And I figured I'd just toss this right off to Josh. Josh, how much do you hate this movie? This movie is just the, the absolute epitome of everything I just cannot stand. I don't like horror. I don't like comedy. I don't like them <laughs> together. I don't like Tyler Labine at all. He's not one of my favorites. It's just, no, I, I don't know. I can't keep that up. This movie is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I've probably seen it a dozen times. <laughs> it does not get old. So, does someone want to give a quick rundown of the plot for anyone who hasn't seen it? So, basically, the, the movie starts out with a group of college kids that are going camping in the Appalachian Mountains. I think, where was that? West Virginia? Somewhere and like that. Somewhere they, in the woods. They, they make a pit stop at this old rundown gas station. You know, typical horror movie shit. And that's where the college kids first get introduced to Tucker and Dell, which Dell kind of falls in love with one of the girls, which we know is Allison, but ends up creeping them out because Tucker convinces Dell to go up and start a conversation, which is just hilarious and just became awkward as fuck. <laughs> He's dragging a giant scythe <laughs> behind him. Yeah, yeah he, that might've been the problem. And, <laughs> It, it, it's just great. I mean, you know, you, you have a movie that you have the point of view. It, it's a misunderstanding. You, well, you have for the, 
for the first two acts, if you if you look at from the point of view of the college kids, it's the hills have eyes. Yeah, I mean, right? if it if the point of view of the whole movie was just with the college kids, then you would you would have that you know uh, wrong turn vibe. Or, yeah, and, and that's what's so great. But you're seeing the whole thing that, and, and you know just. If you've never seen the movie, one I'll right out of the gate. One of the funniest scenes to me was so Tucker is chopping up wood in the wood chipper, and he goes to bend down to <clears throat> pick up some more wood to toss in. Well, Mike, one of the college kids, decides, well, I'm going to attack Tup Tucker at this point. Well, and well, to, to slow you down, so in case anyone who's listening, all three of you. Um, if you haven't seen it, the college kids think that Tucker and Dale are, you know, the murder family from the Hills Have Eyes, and they think that they have kidnapped Allison, when really, she she fell, knocked herself out, went in the water, Tucker and Dale are just fishing, see she's drowning, and they save her. The college kids think they snagged her, like in a kidnapping, and ran away, so they're coming to get her back. So, yeah, so after that point, the whole thing's a misunderstanding where they think that Tucker and Dell are out to kill them, that they're, they're doing something bad to Allison, so they're trying to get her back. So when Mike tries to attack Tucker, Tucker ducks down, and Mike jumps straight into the wood chipper, which <laughs> is turned on and just gets completely chipped up. But I, I love, like, he's completely just chipped up at this point and tucker shouts are you okay <laughs> yeah like, he's pretty much just he's just legs at this point yeah yeah, yeah it, bloody legs yeah obviously he's yeah he's not okay no throwing a band-aid on it and just walking it off <laughs> yeah and then immediately after that too they're dragging his legs and then the cops pull up with the kids in the the car and the cops yeah, howdy like, ho officer we've had yeah. a doozy of a day <laughs> so an alan tudyk Alan Tudyk is just perfect. Every line he delivers in this movie is just perfect. Is there? Oh, is, can yeah. you guys imagine anyone else in that role? The, the the timing of just they were Tyler and Alan just worked really great, and just it was very the comedy is just gold. So Casey, what's your what's your favorite thing about Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I think the whole thing is very clever. Like, I, I've never seen... I, I really can't think of any other movie like it. Because, um, like it was mentioned, you're, you're kind of seeing... You're seeing the whole thing from both perspectives. Yeah. And so they... they Both of them think that the other people are out to get him. So Tucker and Dell think that the college kids are going nuts and, like, killing themselves. And then eventually they think they're trying to kill Allison. And then the college kids the whole time are thinking that, you know, Tucker and Dell are killing, trying to kill him. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole thing is, is just interesting because you see it from both perspectives. And there's a ton of hilarious kills in it. Um, <laughs> it's just like like the one one of the my bees. favorite kills is the, yeah, I was just yeah. going to say the bees. So <laughs> so it was Tucker came around the, the corner with a, a chainsaw going while well, he was he was chopping up some wood. And then basically he, he had a beehive. And then you see him run out from around the, the cabin, and one of the kids starts running, thinking he's, you know, he's flailing the chainsaw over and running, so he thinks he's running after him. And the next thing you know, the kid just impels himself on a sharp, like, tree branch. Uh, just, the, the, the kills were just so fantastic. Uh, the, the best best 
two things about that. One is the the way he's waving the chainsaw, very much a callback to the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Texas but, yeah, Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Also, the the cherry on top is when he's telling them about it, and he says he must have been allergic to bees or something. The way he was running. <laughs> Josh, what what's your favorite thing about it? I just, whenever, just the whole interaction with all of them, basically, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint it, but one of my favorites is at the, almost the beginning when um, Allison is laying in bed and Tyler comes in, or I'm sorry, Dale comes in and he's like, oh, and she's freaking out. He's like, oh, you don't like pancakes? <laughs> he takes <laughs> off to the kitchen. <laughs> Not even, he's... Both of them are so oblivious to the fact that maybe they just look dangerous, and it's just, and he just comes back with more food. He's like, you, you, it's not because you don't like eggs and bacon. <laughs> so, to to have a, a second of serious conversation before we all keep keep telling our favorite funny parts of this because we can do that all night. So Casey said that you've really never seen anything like this before. And I think that's true. We've seen a lot of horror movie deconstructions, movies like Behind the Mask, The the Rise of Leslie Vernon, or uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, or You Might Be the Killer. And those movies can be funny. Leslie Vernon is definitely funny in places, but they're, they're also more just horror movies in a way that deconstructs horror movies. This is the first one I've ever seen that's... It's a comedy first, honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and we can get into this more later on, but, you know, even the ending, it still, you know, wasn't something I was really expecting with Chad and that, that whole thing, like... That yeah so, we so there there was still some unexpected turns that I didn't really expect when I first watched it. So that is that is a great point. Um, that that turn the final act where it becomes honestly a different kind of movie um, where we learn that that Chad is the villain. Now I think we all have a hint very early on that Chad's the villain, and let me tell you why. I've seen a lot of '80s uh, teen movies. And the minute Chad shows up in a polo shirt with a popped collar, I know he's the bad guy. <laughs> well, yeah, and his name is Chad. That's also and his name easy is Chad. You kind of want him yeah. to be the bad guy already. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. And yeah, who, who would think that Dell and Allison would end up falling in love? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> unlikely, probably. But I don't uh, know. He's 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 a he's a good-looking guy, more or less. He's charming. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he made maybe. her breakfast in bed. Speaking of which, what what was it the first when she first woke up and he comes in with breakfast in bed and she kind of starts freaking out and he he thinks it's because she didn't like what he was bringing her, so he turns yeah. around and go get her something else. Yeah, I think Josh just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was. Just yeah, saying. we already covered that. Are you here? Are you with us tonight, Joey? I'm tired. I've been up <laughs> since six fifteen. <laughs> so, okay, nobody has brought up the real star of the movie, Jangers, one of the greatest movie dogs of all time. Yeah, he's all right. 
fucked out right now? Jangers is amazing. <laughs> he looks mean, but he's a sweetheart. Yeah, and uh, I there, there's a point where you actually think Chad is going to kill him, but uh, yeah. luckily, luckily he gets away. So that, so that has was that, good. Has that dog actually been in other movies? Uh, well, I don't know. It's Let's find out who played Jangers. Hold on, Google. <laughs> I mean, he is the star of the movie, but I thought maybe you were hinting at that he's actually been in other movies. Oh, I have no idea. I was just oh. saying he's the best. I mean, he's Jangers a sexy dog. dog. Let's see here. Uh, Weezer is the dog that played Jangers. Let's see. Weezer has a page on IMDb. Let's see what it says. Oh, yeah. Weezer has been in some movies here. Hold on. Let's oh, see. Wow. Let's see. Filmography. Hold on. So... Weezer, ooh, yeah. So he has been in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, where he plays Jangers, and he's been in Below Zero, where he plays Butterscotch. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And then, a good uh, little career. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, something else I wanted to bring up, too, is uh, Tyler Labine was in, uh, have you guys seen Cottage Country from 2013? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because that's also another horror comedy. Yeah movie uh, and that one is where he accidentally kills his brother with an axe yeah. um, and then basically his fiance and him are um, you know trying to, to cover it up so that doesn't ruin their you know their chance of happiness uh, but that that's an awesome film too so Labine's career honestly mostly it's been sitcoms and TV I think except for a couple of awesome movies yeah I didn't you know I I know him from Tucker and Dell versus Evil, and I, I kind of looked through his profile, his what he's been in. I, I really didn't recognize anything else that I've seen with him in it. Not uh, did you not see that Escape Room movie? Oh, that's right, that's right. He is in no, that. No, I, I haven't yeah. seen that yet. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That's the. Yeah. Is that the sequel? I can't remember if that was a sequel or the original. But I did see uh, that there was another movie. Those movies, where... I saw those movies, and they did not have a big impact on me. Like, I, have I don't to look think it I up, could recount but the There plot. was another movie that Tyler and Alan were in together, and maybe it was a sitcom, but there, there was another film or something that they were in together. Who was there? See, now, Alan Tudyk has just an amazing filmography. Uh, Firefly, of course. He plays Wash, one of... Uh, one of the greatest deaths in the history of cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on here. I'm going to see if I can find what they've been in together besides that. The uh, weird thing is, is I don't really, I don't know Alan from anything other than Tucker and Tell vs. Evil. Oh, yeah, really? Same, oh, same so he's, he's in a ton of stuff. Obviously, Wash on Firefly. But then, I think you'll recognize he's the king of candy. Nothing. No, nothing. Wreck-It no. Ralph. He's the villain on Wreck-It Ralph. That's a cartoon. I don't watch cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. A, oh. But it's a, it's a wonderful cartoon. I mean, if it, if, it has, cartoon. if it has boobies and blood and guts and stuff in it, then yeah, maybe I'd watch it. But it's like heavy metal. It, <laughs> it's about as cartoonish he, as yeah, Heavy metal. No, you know, you know what? Best cartoon in the history of cartoons is Watership Down. Because that destroys childhoods. That's nothing. I've never seen that either. I don't know how you didn't see that. They showed that on TV. Back in the day, they used to show it on TV, and little kids like me would see it because it's like, ooh, a cartoon's going to be on TV, and then rabbits are ripping each other apart, and there's blood everywhere. Oh, it's no. the worst thing ever. I was, so I was watching, like, uh, Camp Candy and Friday 13th and stuff back then, so. So, to, <laughs> so you don't watch cartoons. Alan Tudyk does the voices in everything. He's, like, literally... 
yeah, every movie, that. every every cartoon ever. Um, oh, Dodgeball! I do remember yeah, him from Dodgeball. Yeah. Dodgeball, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doom Patrol, uh, the Santa Clarita Diet, uh, Arrested Development. I was introduced to him with uh, First Night. That was the first oh, time I yeah. saw him. Yeah, that's he a was... terrible movie. Yeah, <laughs> well, he yeah. was awesome in it. Uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. That's right. He and Tyler Labine were both on that. That was a really good show. They were on a few episodes. Uh, let's see. He's in Deadpool 2. Uh, Adventure Time. That's a great cartoon. Um, Zootopia. He's in that one. That's a great cartoon. He's in a lot of cartoons. Yeah, I saw some video games too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a lot of voice work. Uh, oh, Suburgatory. Yeah, that was actually a pretty decent sitcom. Spran for, uh, what, like three seasons? He was on Justified. That was a good show. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Classic show. <laughs> classic movie. I haven't seen that either. It, it's really terrible, honestly. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't watch it just because the name was stupid. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really, really bad. Uh, 310 to Yuma. Wow. He's not an old guy, but he has been in hundreds of things. He was on Patch Adams. Hmm. That's a classic. That's a classic. Um, okay, so we got Tudic. We got Labine. We got Jangers, the greatest dog in the world. So what? what's everybody think about this? Where do you Where do you rate it? On a on, on our one to five scale. Oh, it, it's it's definitely a five. And come on, the chick that played Allison, Katrina Bowden, she's hot. She is. She is lovely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I I remember her from uh, Sex Drive from two thousand eight, which is a hilarious film. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. I've not seen that. I've it's seen so that. awesome. I've seen it many times. Um, she was also in Piranha three D D. Oh, I've got that one. Yeah, I have that on Blu-ray. And then uh, Movie 43, which was terrible. Yeah, oh, that's awful. I love that movie. You oh, that movie's nuts. so bad. Oh, oh, that hurts. <laughs> testicles on Hugh Jackman's neck. Oh. Oh. What's that? That movie's as bad as that uh, Pauly Shore is dead. That was terrible. Mm. So, Josh, how do you rate Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, not to yeah, not to make up a number for that one. It's <laughs> a five <laughs> five number scale doesn't doesn't do it. It's it, perfect blend of horror and comedy. I mean, definitely, I would say a five, and I wouldn't give out a five lightly. Gacy, yeah, uh, I feel the same way. Uh, definitely a five out of five. Um, could have used a little more boobies, but but uh, but yeah, it was it was it, that didn't hurt the the rating any. So um, yeah. it's hilarious, and it never gets old. Yeah, it's it's infinitely rewatchable, and honestly. It, and it's been talked about for a long time. And in fact, Nate and I we were just talking about this here. I think it was last weekend that they're they're actually still looking at making a, a sequel to this. Yeah. I saw an really? interview with, with Tudyk not that long ago where he said that everybody involved is still up for a sequel if they can if they can get it financed and get it scheduled. So Yeah, they've been talking about doing a sequel for God, it, it, a number of years. Interesting. I wonder what they would do, like Allison and Dale getting married or something and 
maybe going to shit like and then there's <laughs> zombie cool. attack i don't know hmm. no i tell you one of the kill scenes we didn't talk about you know the sheriff showed up and yeah. they're they're taking him inside the house and <laughs> that, that board with the nails comes down just strikes him right in the face he's gonna be okay he's gonna walk <laughs> it off he's gonna walk it off <laughs> yeah was, and then and then even better, like immediately after that, that kid goes and grabs his gun, and, and then the dude's like, the the safety's on, and then he turns it off. He flips the safety off and shoots himself in the face. <laughs> that, that was one of the one of the funnier ones. Oh, oh. You know, it's always funny when people get shot in the face, but oh, yeah. when they do it themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Speaking well, of when, uh, face deaths, whenever the uh, the guy uh, Jason runs in. When they're trying to, to mediate and, you know, try and squash their differences and he runs in with the uh, weed whacker, goes right into the girl's face. He's like, why didn't you duck? You should have ducked. Yeah. yeah. And then shortly after that, I think that was the same scene where the girl, like, throws, the, there's a dude that's on fire, like, his just his foot is on fire. So, I mean, she throws, like, a, a lantern or full of oil or something at yeah. him. And, and it just engulfs him in flames. Yeah. yeah. That was hilarious. And Dale screams out, stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that the Mike guy that caught fire? The one who, no, who was... I think Mike was the one that got impaled by the, the tree. No, Mike was the was one it? that at the end we found out that he was uh, born because one of the hillbillies no, raped that's his... No, that's Chad. That's yeah, Chad. Yeah, that's Chad. Oh, oh yeah, pop that's collar. Right. That's Pop yeah. Collar. It turns out he's the spawn of the... Of That's the murder right. hillbilly. Yes, right. Chad, the prodigy of a rape victim and hillbilly attacker. <laughs> yeah, what did you think about it, Nate? What would uh, you rate I, it? Honestly, it is it is a strong four, and I don't give out fives, except for maybe Romero's Dawn of the Dead or Carpenter's The Thing. So, yeah, it is a strong four. It is It is so funny. Uh, this is one of the few of my favorite films, one of the few ones that I can suggest at home and have my wife go, yeah, let's watch that. Yeah, I, I watch it. In fact, I watched it again just a few couple months back, but usually two, sometimes three or more times a year I watch this movie. Yeah, and I thought about not giving it a five, maybe a four, but for the type of film it it is because I usually don't give out fives unless it's something like 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 you said, Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead, uh, Return of the Living Dead, you know, stuff like that that I really love, or, or other non horror films like Shawshank Redemption. Um, those are all definitely fives to me. But for what this movie is, this horror comedy, I think it knocks it out of the park. So that's why I yeah. gave it a five. Yeah, it's just so unique oh, yeah, to me. Yeah, and that that's why it deserves a five because there's no other movie that you could compare this to. It, it's it's almost like a genre of its own. So unless they come out with something on the same level that's better, then maybe that would knock it down to a four. But until that point, it's going to be a five. Have Have you guys seen um, Little Evil? No, nope, I never have heard not. Of it. Uh, kind of a humor take on. Um, the omen so the guy is the finds out that he's the stepdad of the antichrist and i want to say that some <laughs> of the people behind tucker and dell were behind it 
Oh, I have seen this. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I'm looking at the trailer, and oddly it looks like it's familiar. Or maybe at least I saw the... Maybe I've seen the trailer, but not watched the film. Let me see here real quick. Is this... Let's see. It was directed by Eli Craig. Yep, it's the same director as Tucker and Dale. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yep. Yep. He also did Zombieland. Okay. I love those. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Zombieland's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's definitely one we should be following more. Although he well, also did uh, the Rage Carry Two, so uh, he loses some <laughs> points there. Now, as a director, did he also write the movie? Uh, so this is a good question. Because if it's somebody separate that wrote the movie, I'd be more curious of following that guy. Let's see here, who wrote Tucker and Dale? Hold on here. I'm on the wrong page, so let me go see who wrote it. Hold on here, IMDb. I don't know if your IMDb, like recently I noticed, or I think I clicked on something. You like Craig so wrote both. He actually wrote Little Evil. Yeah, and he wrote, and he wrote, he co wrote Tucker and Dale. No, what were you going to say, Casey? I was going to say, I clicked on something uh, the other day on IMDb to change their new look, and it's just horrendous to... Oh, yeah, I haven't done that yet. It's not good, so don't do it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good advice. Good advice. Yeah, I hate when... Do you use Amazon Prime, the the streaming part? Very little. I've I've only used it a handful of times. They've, They've updated their menu, and it is so weird. Everything looks wrong now. Yeah, I, I don't like it at all. Like, just for going into, like, casting credits and stuff like that, whenever you're looking through the movies and, and just where it plays the trailer. I mean, they changed everything, and I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. Yeah, they, they totally wrecked what was an ugly but, but very user-friendly interface. <clears throat> yeah, companies like to do that for some reason. So... Guys, anyone else have anything else they want to say about Tucker and Dale? I think we pretty much said it all. I mean, it's a, it's just such a phenomenal movie. It's unique. It's I, I just can't rave about it enough. It, it's awesome. Yeah, all I can say is just, just go watch it if you haven't. If you're in the comedies and you're in the horror, either one of them or both, you're going to love it. Josh? Yeah, I mean, that's it. It's just, it's one of those movies that you don't have to like either one, really. I mean, it, I don't really know anybody that doesn't like a comedy, but anyway. It's... I don't I don't like to laugh myself, but I, I want to feel bad. Oh, well, <laughs> then just watch Martyrs again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, well, before we wrap up, um, <clears throat> I, I was going to ask you guys if there was anything new coming that you're excited about. But actually, you brought up something that I think might be more interesting. What's your What's the best and worst streaming app in, in each of your opinions, Josh? Ooh, um, well, for me, for me, uh, the best one right now is Hulu. But I also pay for the premium. If I had to watch ads every five minutes, I would immediately say no. Um, and worst is probably Peacock. It just freezes all the time, and it's just. I, doesn't really have a whole lot of options unless you're wanting like tv shows yeah 
uh, Joey. I probably don't have too much of an opinion on this because really the only streaming service I'm subscribed to is Discovery Plus. I also what? I also use Plex. Yeah. Yeah. So I I've had Netflix, but I I canceled them several years ago. Netflix I mean, Plex, is Plex is basically a streaming service now. I mean, I know it yeah. started out as just you you know creating your own streaming service essentially, but now they've got the built-in TV shows and I mean, movies and well, you know. I I use it for that because uh, sometimes I I find stuff there that I just can't find anywhere else. But I I will say the big dislike I have about Discovery Plus is you're very limited on content there, and there's just not like I'm subscribed to it because there's a few paranormal shows that are on Discovery Plus that I like. But other than that, a lot of the other stuff they put on there is just crap. Casey, what's your uh, your opinion? What are the best and worst streaming services? Um, this one's probably not as well known to, to many people, but uh, Arrow Player from Arrow Video is oh, yeah. pretty phenomenal. Uh, there's a ton of stuff on there because um, they, they throw m- most of their films on there at one point or another. They'll swap them out. So that one's probably one of my favorites, and it works really well. I've never had any issues with it, and it was really cheap. It's like five bucks a month or something. Not so, and they've got other non-Aero stuff on there because I've actually seen stuff on there from Vinegar Syndrome, oh. um, and I think even some maybe some Scream Factory. Um, so it's not just Arrow movies. Um, and then the worst one, I did a trial of uh, Troma Now, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just terrible. Like the the interface was horrible. It just looked like somebody slapped it together like back in '95 or something. <laughs> like a Troma and, movie. That would make yeah, sense. For I mean, trauma. it does. Yeah. it does kind of make sense. Yeah, but aesthetically, the, the, that works. The worst thing though was like beyond that was just the quality of the films were were horrible. I mean, not not like the movies themselves, but just how they looked. Like it looks like they weren't HD at all. Like they looked like they were 480p or something. I was like I was watching VHS quality or something. It was it was terrible. So for, for me, I think the absolute worst streaming app and service is Apple TV. Um, although they, they have some great original stuff on there that I want to see, it's impossible to find. It lists everything that's available anywhere, but there's no way from the main menu to know, is this something I can watch with my Apple TV subscription, or is this something that I have to rent to watch? There's just There's no way to know. I can't find any way to sort it. It's just, it's absolute garbage. I, I hate the interface. I, I hate the way they trick you into clicking on something that you then can't watch. The best streaming service, in my opinion, is Shudder. Um, Shudder is, of course, focused almost completely on horror, which is where I live. Um, their interface is fine. They, they have a neat thing that you don't see on the other services. Not only is it is it video on demand, it's click on the thing you want to want to watch and it plays then. They also have three channels that are just running. So you click on one of the three channels and there's a movie already playing. So you, it, it's a fun way. I don't think I've ever sat there and sat through a movie on one of their channels um, other than like Joe Bob when Joe Bob's on. Um, but oftentimes I'll just click through the three to see what's on each of them. Because sometimes I'll see two minutes of a movie that I haven't seen before and go, oh, yeah, I do want to go watch that. So I'll go back to the main menu, find it, and watch it. And right now, they are 
heavily into vinegar syndrome releases. They have just a ton of, of things from vinegar syndrome up on their service, which is really nice because I can, I can watch something before I buy it. Um, so I don't accidentally spend 30 bucks for something that turns out to be junk. Um, and then sometimes I make the mistake and order uh, Demon Wind, and then while I'm waiting for it to come, watch it and realize I shouldn't have paid for that. <laughs> yeah, that now, one's pretty pretty rough. Now, while we're on the topic of streaming, there's actually something very interesting that I, I found out about it about a year ago. So there, there's various uses for having a, a VPN, mm -hmm. which a VPN just tunnels your connection into it through a different server in another country well some streaming services and th this applies to discovery plus there's a show called death walker which is very much made in the united states and one of the guys in it he's a well-known paranormal investigator nick groff who was formerly with ghost adventures he he's in the show and it only aired over in the UK, and it's still not available on Discovery Plus in the United States. But if you use a VPN and connect to a server over in the UK, and then log back into Discovery Plus, well now you have access to those shows available in the UK, but not here. So yeah, I don't, and I've never tried that, but I've heard of that, and I, I understand how you know why it works but one thing i've always wondered is when you do that do you have any issues with with buffering because is the movie actually being streamed from a server in the uk back to you i when i did it with death walker you know it was a 12 episode series and i watched all 12 episodes and i had no buffering issues got it well. so i you know i don't know if that applies to other streaming services where you find out, well, this show's airing over in the UK, and I want to see it. Well, you can get a VPN. I used IP Vanish, and it was relatively cheap. And then you could just connect to a server over in the UK. Well, now you have access to what you want to watch. So just a little food for thought, something that maybe a lot of people don't think about. Because in different countries, these streaming services have different content. Yeah, I've heard of people doing that with Netflix. I think Netflix has the same thing too. Um, yeah, and we're not sponsored by IP Vanish or anything. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe we'd we love can to be, be in the future. No, not sponsored. I personally use it just because it was very affordable. It was one of the cheapest, and it was very reliable, and it just got great reviews. It's because there, there's some other VPN services you get, but then they have some throttles on it unless you pay an outrageous amount but I, IP Vanish for me was just very appealing which you know you, you can search for all the different services out there cool yeah and I wanted to throw one other uh, another good service I mean there's a lot of crap on it but Tubi it's free but yeah. there's a ton of horror films on there yes oh, yeah. Tubi is and like you don't, even, you don't even have to sign up uh, I actually watched uh, just this week. There was I can't tell you the names of them, I don't remember, but uh, there was a couple of just random low budget things I watched, but I really enjoyed them. I, I was surprised at how good they were. Uh, but there, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm also 
kind of a big fan of BritBox, which is just all content from the UK. Um, my wife absolutely loves it because she loves all the British mystery shows. But I, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan myself. Cool. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Well, anything else we want to talk about before we wrap it up? Boobies. Boobies. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I think we've talked about everything we can talk about on this topic. All right. Well, as a little teaser for our next episode, we'll be doing a slasher double feature. We're going to talk about the 80s spectacular garbage fest that is April Fool's Day. Um, I'm saying that from my memory of seeing it years ago. We'll find out how I feel when I rewatch it. And we're going to watch the actually long forgotten and recently rediscovered classic the burning so be looking for that episode coming to a podcast player near you sometime soon and this has been Bloodfest of the podcast i'm one of your hosts hosts nate i'm joined by casey joey and josh you can find us on all your favorite social media platforms just search for the name um, be sure to give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Like, share, donate, whatever you'd like to do. Um, we've had a good time talking to you and hope to talk to you soon. <laughs>